This is the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. The Everton Hour. Straight, Straight from, from the street, street end. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here as always. And oh, oh look who's that over there. It's, uh, hey. it's Mark Mach. He's back. He's back, kind of. He's, uh, we're doing our FaceTime experiment again, so the sound quality might be a bit funny. But anyway, he's here. All right, Mark. I'm back from sunny Portugal where I was on holiday with my new mate. Yeah, nice one, yeah. Your new mate. You're going to tell us about that in a sec, aren't you? Uh, yeah, and it's not somebody who I particularly wanted to be mate to. Actually, I'm not mate to him and never will be, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so uh, apart from that, how was the holiday? Yeah, it was all right, yeah. It was nice and sunny. Watched a bit of World Cup, watched America Belgium, saw Tim Howard's uh, heroics, uh, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was quite sunny here as well. Not that I saw it any because we're in the midst of decorating and of course going to work. So missing after games uh, on the on way on the way back from work. So you were just is sitting this, on the beach somewhere. Is this just a catch-up chat between me and you, or is this a football podcast? Well, you know, I'm sure our, our listeners would like to know our, the ins and outs of our daily uh, habits, <laughs> maybe. What <laughs> colour have you painted your walls, then? Uh, well, we've we've got, like, a black wallpaper on a chimney breast, a little little bit of a grey in the alcoves, and then they're going where it's going to be white on the, uh, on the other walls, but we haven't got round to that yet. Interesting Brilliant. stuff. Good stuff. Riveting. So the Tamiology story now then? Uh, yeah, you're dying to, aren't you? I'm sure a few people would have seen it on our Facebook and Twitter, but I want to hear the real deal here. What actually happened? Who's your new mate? I want to set the scene first, because this takes a bit of... I, I want to explain to you how I had a bad two days. Okay. All right, go on. I'll just go, I'll just go and have me tea. I'm in Villamora in Portugal, right? Now... Anyone who sort of who knows me or who's seen some of the posts that I put on our page, there's two people I hate most in the world, and that's Robbie Williams and Steven Gerrard. Now, I was sat in a bar in Portugal, and I just ordered some food, and the next minute they put Robbie Williams' greatest hits on. Now I can't go anywhere because I've ordered my food, and I paid for it, so I'm stuck there listening to you know. Robbie Williams thrown out, she's the one, and Angels and the rest of the shite that he sings. Classics, unfortunately. I said to my mate, I said, who, who was there with us, I said, the only way this could get any worse for me is if Stephen Gerrard was to walk in. Right. It didn't happen at that point. No less than 24 hours later, I'm sitting in the same bar and Stephen Gerrard walked in. I, you could not have made this up. Was he singing... Was, was, was he playing the Robbie Williams album again? No, there was no Robbie Williams album. I'm sitting there, eating a bit of food, okay? <laughs> and there's Stephen Gerrard in front of me. And I just, I was, I was gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it, honestly. I was just like, what is going on? Ah, I know. Were they playing Phil Collins? They weren't playing Phil Collins, which I thought it might get a bit naughty from there on, you see. So, um I did make a li- I didn't know what to say to him really, you know, or, or to say anything. He had his kids with him. I didn't want to really start, you know, 
have you shot when the kids aren't yours while there's kids there or anything like that. So uh, I did make a little comment about Demba Bar, uh, and he, he quickly turned around and gave me a, a dirty look. Um, you know, I don't think he was expecting to wear a scout voice in Villamora, particularly one from uh, a bit of Evertonian. So, uh, yeah, that's what happened to me. Me and Stevie G on holiday. Not mates at all. Not me. Apparently, he's got a villa out there. He's always there. Uh, well, you know where not to go next time, then. Exactly. Just ruined your your holiday of choice, hasn't he? Should have gone to Dubai because I would. Robbie, uh, I would say Robbie Williams was there. Then. Yeah. That's Barkley was in Dubai. Yeah. Did you see him in his pimp hat? I did. He looked. He looked a bit mean there, didn't he? He was uh, pimping it big style. I keep thinking how much he looks like, and the American uh, American listeners might get onto this. He looks like a mini Blake Griffin who plays for the, my team of choice, the LA Clippers. Uh, honestly, he looks like a mini-me. And he's a big lad himself, but Blake Griffin's 6'10". So I'll, I'll put a picture up on our Facebook anyway. But So you and Steven Gerrard, uh, tight, close-knit? No, let's, let's never, ever even go there. Whilst you're listening to Robbie Williams together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apart from that, I thought you would all yeah, sounds well. Um, I did buy myself a very nice Sport and Lisbon third kit. It's tangerine orange. Oh, nice, very nice. You like your uh, you like your obscure kits, don't you? I do, yeah. Especially a random third kit from Portugal. So does that? Uh, does that, would that? Do you think that would uh, beat Dave in the uh, obscure kit stakes? I think so. Yeah, I don't think he's got any Sport and Lisbon third kits. Anyway, what? we digress. Should we talk about Everton a little bit? Let's. Um, we haven't got any news jingle today, unfortunately, because I, uh, I I've left the uh, the jingles on on a disc somewhere. So uh, we're just going to start off talking about the World Cup, and you've you've made some notes on this, haven't you? Because you're prepared and I'm not. <laughs> and um, first of all, like we uh, we we, caught, we sort of mentioned a little bit before, uh, Tim Howard's heroics the other night, unbelievable, wasn't it? It was Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night, obviously, you know, America versus Belgium, big Everton interest in the game. Obviously, you've got Morales on one side, you've got Tim Howard on the other, and then you've got the likes of Lukaku, Fellaini knocking about for Belgium. So, um, you know, from a, from an Evertonian's point of view, it was probably the most interesting game so far of the World Cup, uh, and it didn't let us down, did it? I thought it was probably the best game of the World Cup I've seen so far. Yeah, the passion both teams had. Uh, the commitment they showed, just the energy, just unbelievable. How they got, where they got that energy from to keep on going for, you know, 120 minutes. Just, uh, it was just so exciting to watch. It was gripping, and I think even if you started off, uh, like like you said to me before we started recording, if you started off like uh, a little bit towards Belgium, I, t- I, I tell you what, if you're a neutral starting off towards. Belgium a little bit, you know, then the USA would have won you over at the end because they would do, they just perform uh, like superbly. And you think about the level of those players playing the uh, playing in, you know, playing over in America for Seattle or whatever they're called, Seattle Superhawks or whatever they're called. Seattle Sanders, I think. Is that what it is? <laughs> How can you know the name of random basketball teams and have your own team and start spotting off of Blake Griffin? And the main sport you follow, you don't even know the name of the MLS side. Well, it's just it's like third division quality, isn't it? Apart from like the you know the top players. And Kyle and Thierry Henry, yeah, 
So, <laughs> so I followed Tim. That's it. Uh, yeah, so obviously, as, as we say, you know, great game. Do you know, do you know what I've noticed about this World Cup? In the, in the group games, it seemed like every single group game, both teams went out to win. It was exciting. It, you know, all the games, there was loads of goals in, in the games. As soon as it's got to the knockout stage, everyone seems to have shit the pants. Yeah. And no one to get beat now, and it's like, you know, you're looking at nil-nils right away up to very late goals, aren't I, you? Know? Apart, from, apart from that USA game where both teams were doing... Both teams like they wanted to go out and win. Yeah, both teams were doing the damnedest to win. And if it, you know, if it wasn't for Tim's heroics, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't really poor finishing from America. It was just, and you know, they, they didn't have as many good chances. Um, they only had Clint Dempsey up front, and, and you know, he had a couple where he couldn't get it under control. You know, that free kick towards towards the end was just, you know, straight off the training ground, and you know, would have been probably one of the goals of the tournament if he, if he'd have got it in. It was slightly better than Germany's the other day, wasn't it? Where uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that wasn't well. That was one they probably worked on, but uh, you didn't need to work harder on it. That was funny. Yeah. Um, do you think America missed Landon Donovan in this game? As an option, yeah, I can. I can. Un- well, no, I can't understand why they, you know, they took Altador instead. But having that other option there and that extra bit of quality with Dempsey. It might have given them a different edge, uh, so I think. And that, that would have really balanced it out for us Blues for like two club links each, wouldn't it? Would have yeah. made it really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was backing the US more because we've hardly seen Morales, and you know Lukaku's not not really ours. So, <laughs> uh, I was more on Tim's side to be honest. Um, and as you know, as we, we we started to talk about a little bit, he didn't disappoint. 16 saves the most since you know records began but since they started recording um, you know statistics so I, I think that might have been the 1966 World Cup but it might have, might have been even been beyond that and you know he just he's just just amazing um, obviously United, uh, United States lost 2-1 after extra time uh, and as you say Howard made all them saves um, he subsequently, Tim Howard's profile just gone massive, hasn't it? Like you know, everybody's talking about him. He's all over the internet, all over Facebook. He's had phone calls from all sorts of people. Um, do you think he was more impressed by a phone call from Tom Hanks or Obama? It's got to be Obama. It's got. Well, I don't know. Forrest Gump phoned him. Yeah, if he phoned him in the Forrest Gump voice, I think that would have been good. Well, uh, Tim, uh, well, I'm not even going to carry on with that impression. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, Did... Yes, yeah, so, um, but going back to an Everton point of view, uh, Morales and Lukaku both made big impacts for Belgium once they came on, sort of turned it in Belgium's favour, you would say? Yeah, I just, I don't know what Morales has got to do to get a start. You know, Lukaku didn't, hasn't performed, so he got, you know, he's been dropped. And then he came on as a sub and made a super, uh, superb impact. But Morales on his on his couple of substitute appearances has really impressed. So well, I think he, he upset the apple cart, didn't he? Before he went, uh, you know, criticising Janazai becoming a Belgian player, so he sort of fell out of favour with the management for talking out of turn there. Uh, and obviously, the, that that Mertens who was playing in front of him at the moment, the Napoli winger, he, he looks good in very brief flashes, doesn't he? he? Looks like he's got ability, but he doesn't seem to have any consistency. Well, probably like Morales. Exactly. So, 
So there you go. But um, it's funny what you said. You said something before about Lukaku not being an Everton player anymore, but he certainly did celebrate like one when he scored. Do you think? I didn't really see. Did not see what he said to the camera? No. When he ran up to the camera and he kissed the camera, it looked as if he said, and it sounded like he said, that's for all all the blues. Oh, I don't know. I didn't get onto that, no. I was watching it in Portugal with no English commentary and it, it wasn't in a bar, so the sound wasn't the greatest. I may be wrong, but that's what it looked like he said. Ah, well, your lip-reading skills might be uh, might be on. Uh, spot on, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, but there was a nice little picture which you put on Facebook uh, of our blue contingent kind of celebrating stroke consoling you know there was uh, Morales and um, Tim Howard in one shot and Fellaini just kind of out, uh, just out of the picture as well uh, just a nice moment wasn't it but it looked like I, th- I think did, did, did you did you say that it looked like it was the other way around it looked like Morales was con- sorry it looked like Tim Howard was consoling Morales no, it looked to me like Morales was consoling, was consoling Howard. I think Morales basically just went up to him and said, you know, after what you've done there today, there's no way you deserve to, to be out of this tournament. Yeah. I think there was then a further follow-on picture with Lukaku was with him as well. Yeah. And the three of them were together. So, uh, yeah, a nice little touch. Just um, before we move on from Tim... Ha- um, Belgium and Kevin Morales are now in the quarterfinals going to play Argentina. It's a tough one. Yeah. Just before we move on from Tim Howard as as well, um, I noticed yesterday all over Twitter, Facebook, it wasn't just the fans going mad. Everton was starting to pimp themselves out big time. Did you see? They started uh, they started tweeting uh, for all of our Amer- for all of our American fans. Uh, Tim Howard's jersey will be on sale, you know, and they've never done anything so specific uh, as that. And then uh, they, they they posted uh, links to American pages. Uh, where you can get hospitality deals and watch all the games in American bars, and I've never seen them be so specifically active. Do you know what I mean? It's always been, you know, quite, you know, club focused, but not. It's like they were jumping on board the bandwagon because they realised how big an opportunity this is to cash in. You know, he, he's he, he's proved his worth. He was included in that like Nike had there for the last game. And people might have questioned whether he was world class, and he's just done. He's just made that performance on the world stage, the greatest stage of all, and he's proved it. He's proved his worth, and now he's he, well, he's probably been the best keeper in the tournament. Yeah, I thought between him and Ochoa, but he's had that standout game, which will live in everyone's memory. So you know, he's surpassed Ochoa, I think. So well in for our Tim. Uh, what I will say is, I don't know. Did you hear the phone call that Obama? No, I didn't hear it. I saw the link, but I didn't hear it. Well, I, I fell out big time with Barack Obama now because his advice to Tim Howard was to shave his beard off. Oh, yeah. So people won't recognise him when he comes back to America because he's going to get mobbed. <laughs> yeah. So, we, we want the beard. Yeah, fe- the beard. fear the beard, yeah. Um, so, okay, we can finally move on from Tim Howard now. Um, you've, you've written a little note here. Uh, Costa Rica versus... Uh, Netherlands or Holland, as we call them over here. Yeah, I only wrote it down basically just for the the Oviedo link. Obviously, you know, 
Brian Oviedo's Costa Rica still going great, still being, you know, the overperformers of the World Cup, still looking, you know, decent, aren't they? Um, and really, when you look at the teams left in the quarterfinals, the Netherlands is probably, you know, the best draw they could have got, really. They've been hit and miss, haven't they? They started off with that amazing victory over Spain. Great performance, blew them away. But what have they done since? They've scraped a couple, haven't they? They've got a draw, scraped a win. Um, yeah, so I think you're right. You know, And, you know, there's real hope for them. Um, I don't know what so else to add. Do you think Brian... Do you think Brian's gone out there now, or do you think he's still at home watching on his telly in his Everton jumper? I think he might be on his jollies somewhere. Not there. He's get, he's on he's on his jollies rehabbing somewhere. No, he actually is. He's on a beach somewhere, isn't he? Because we saw a picture of him last week in a uh, in some uh, on some beach somewhere with his with his lady friend. I haven't seen this picture, but I now want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just say um, he's his rehab is. Seems like it's going well. <laughs> Did he have Everton swimming trunks on? He had the whole. He had to have an Everton onesie on. <laughs> <laughs> on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wore on the beach in Portugal, actually. So yeah. I know where he's coming from. Yeah. So as far as far as the rest of the World Cup goes, you know, we're looking forward to the, the France Germany game tomorrow. Um, but a few of the sides. I mean, Argentina have been disappointing, haven't they? And even Brazil have been disappointing, apart from. You know, Messi and Neymar? To me, you look at the eight teams left, and it's anyone's, because there, st- there isn't a standout team. I would say the standout player for me has been uh, James Rodriguez for Colombia at the minute. James. Look- James Rodriguez. Yeah, James, or James, as he would be known in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the standout player for me. He looks like the one player at the moment, other than Messi, who can really, you know, turn a game with an individual piece of skill I think I've got a funny feeling whoever wins out of the Brazil Colombia quarterfinal will go on and win a tournament yeah well there seems to be a, seems to be the general opinion that if Brazil go out then <laughs> it will just die a death and there'll be riots and everything even at the quarterfinal stage uh, I'm hoping it's not because there's a very good chance that they could go out because Colombia I mean even without even without Falcao, they've been uh, they've been outstanding. Well, not out, not outstanding, but you know, as, as good as anyone. As good as anyone, yeah, yeah. So that goal was a bit special as well, wasn't it on the uh, Saturday night? Uh, boss, absolutely boss. Still not as good as Kales, though. Still not as good as Kales, no. Um, so I think. Uh, Germany look like the you know the same same old machine going through until uh, you know the USA game where the USA uh, matched them for the majority of it uh, and you know they, they ended up getting the one 0 win to Germany. Um, so it's just difficult as you say. There's been no standout standout performers really. So anyone's if I, had, if I had to predict the semi-finals now, I would say it's going to be I'm going to go for Colombia to beat Brazil. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Colombia, Germany, the Netherlands, and Argentina in the semis. So Belgium are going. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Be interesting if um if if there was any uh, what side of the draw are they? Belgium versus Holland. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? No. Well, it would be that. Yes, that is the right side. So they'd be in the semis, not the final. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Right. Let's get off the World Cup and let's get back to what we do best. Back to yeah. Can we can, can we just hum our news theme? Do you want to just do a live version? Yeah. What is it? I can't remember the start. News. Not as good. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> yeah, so, first bit of news. This seems to uh, uh, have split uh, opinion amongst Evertonians, which I am baffled by. Uh, our, our mate, Tony Ibo, Super Tony Ibo, Everton legend Tony Ibo, has signed a two year contract with the Blues. Not, not gone to West Brom, gone to, stayed with the Blues for an extra two years. Um. Why are, Evan, why are Evertonians upset at this? I've got no idea. I don't understand. You know, a great servant to the club, a loyal servant. You know, all right, he's had his detractors in the past, but I think, you know, he was turning into a really decent player. And then obviously, Coleman's came along, become world class, uh, and took his place in the team. But it's not like, you know, we've got massive amounts of cover at, at right back. Plus, you know, when somebody. Is that ingrained in the fabric of Everton? You don't just suddenly cast them aside, do you? Then I'm glad to see that we've kept all of them. Yeah, I think he's him, and also Conor McLean. We'll talk about in a minute. They, this news coming out, they've kind of fallen victim to our lack of activity in the transfer market because it's seen that all other clubs are making moves and signing all these players, and we're just offering extensions to Tony Hibbert and Conor McElhaney, both who haven't featured very much. It's I think they're just a victim of that, those circumstances. Did you remind me again when the transfer window opened? Uh, yesterday. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. And everyone's panicking that we haven't signed anything. It's just, it's crazy. Roberto's still over in and Brazil. Still cup still on. Roberto's still over in Brazil, isn't he? So... Yeah, uh, so Hibbo, Hibbo signed a two-year contract, great news. Uh, Conor McElhaney has signed a three-year contract, and the reason for doing so is he had a long conversation with Roberto Martinez, who has told him that he's definitely in his plans and he will definitely get some first-team action. So I did, That one's been met with much more positive do you think? sort of feedback, hasn't it? Yeah, I've seen quite a few people say, you know, before... McElhaney had signed when it looked like he was could possibly be going on a freebie free agent. There's so many people on social media saying, you know, this lad's dynamite, we need to get him signed up. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of potential, could be the future. Uh, and the club did, the club went out and signed him up. So I think this one's been met with a much more positive sort of reaction. I've seen I've seen similar kind of reactions to the Hibo deal though, say, saying, oh great, what's this lad done? He's never even scored for us. It's like, you know, some what, what you know, how many opportunities has he had? He went on loan, had a great performance, broke his leg, came back miraculously early, got so far as the first team bench, and then you know our play, our, our first team players came back ahead of him. What's he meant to do? Was he meant to like score from you know the changing room or something? Just give him a chance. He's a young lad and he's highly rated. Seem to be the same idiots though who you know say that Kone is not good enough or 
Lucina Traore is not good enough, even though you know we've never actually got a chance to to see them play properly. Yeah. Um, and they're probably the same idiots who said Stephen Naismith wasn't good enough to play for Everton. Everyone's got this knee-jerk reaction. And the ones who said uh, Roberto Martinez isn't good enough to manage Everton and James McCarthy's not good enough. Same ones. Exactly. Just, exactly. just get behind. Uh, just, going, just going back to Hibbo, though, just uh, just briefly, you wanted to touch on something. Are you shocked it was a two-year deal and not a one-year deal? No. He needs... I think he's he's playing devil's advocate here. So no, he, he as far as he if he if he's going to get an offer from West Brom for two three years, um, for example, he needs the security in there, and Everton need to if they want to secure him, they're not going to offer him a shitty one year deal, are they? They need to get his services secured if they want him. So to to offer him a one year deal, I don't think that would have been uh, respectful. If there are other clubs caught him. Shock you to know that he's only made 10 first-team appearances in since May 2012, so in over two years. No, because I, I, I know he hardly featured last year, and then the year before was the, uh, the real emergence of Seamus Coleman, so that's it doesn't shock me at all, but I think he's good, strong, reliable backup, and he, he's great to have at the club, you know, and, and he, he probably will go into a coaching role very soon. Um it's funny, really, isn't it? How you know Hibbert uh, and Leon Osman are seen as the two sort of older statesmen, you know, faithful to the club servants. Um, Leon Osman played in every single. He's the only player to appear in every single game last season, and Hibbo's only made ten appearances in two years. I think it, it's 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 just. I think Hibbo is just uh, a victim of the system, because even when Coleman was injured last season. I think he he chose other players ahead of him, and I, I just I, I think he's a victim of that wing back system, and maybe he's not not as good going forward. Although he can put a cross in, um, he's not as skillful, uh, and I don't think it's in his nature to be that wing back type of player. Uh, but obviously, Roberto's got different systems in mind for next season, and we're going to have Europa, so we're going to have many more games. And why shouldn't we keep more players before we go on to sign players? We we need more players. That's it. So why would we let players go? It's just we've already lost Barry, Lukaku, Traore, and uh, Velios, uh, Maggie Gay. You know, there's five players we've lost, and there's no guarantee that Barry's going to sign or Traore's going to sign again. So we need players uh, to stay. Anyway, going from one right back to another. Uh, Seamus Coleman and this was met with universal approval uh, despite interest from Arsenal, Man U, Chelsea and you know all these so called big clubs he has signed uh, a five year deal so great news uh, yeah it is great news and obviously after signing um, he, in his press conference he said that uh, you know, he came out and said he'd, he'd never dreamed of going anywhere else he never dreamed of leaving Everton um, so, you know, good thing to hear from, from Seamus, and I genuinely do believe him, because, he, he, you know, a bit like Baines in the past, he's never touted himself out for a move, he's never given you any indication he was going to move, um, and, and that's the type of loyalty you want to see. Yeah, it's great news that, and it was something that I touched on, uh, it, it was imminent last week when I did the podcast, and um, just as I was <laughs> just as I was mixing the podcast, 
the news came out he'd, he'd actually signed so about an hour later after I put the podcast live so um, it has been it is about a week old this news but great nonetheless uh, I'm still waiting on this the news that uh, McCarthy is supposed to follow him shortly so hopefully that news that that deal will be tied up soon as well because we want to keep him for a, uh, just as long uh, you put another bit of news here which I covered last week uh, Stubbsy to Hibernian I couldn't remember whether you covered it on the podcast or not that was all I remember talking about it the week before as being a possibility going through what you're telling yeah. me is you haven't listened to the podcast last week you're all ass <laughs> I actually I have I just couldn't remember whether it was covered in it or not fair enough um, so yeah just tell me what are your thoughts on that because we didn't get them last week never really been Alan Stubbs' biggest fan uh, as it, as far as his coaching role at Everton has been in the past. Um, you know, he's felt foul, as we mentioned before a couple of times, of maybe speaking out of turn, maybe not really doing things as what I would describe as the Everton way. Um, he always seemed a bit miserable to me, to be honest. Um, so, um, fair play to him. I hope he does well. I hope he goes up there and does well. I think it's probably the right move for Everton and the right move for him. I can't remember if I talked about this last week, but a few people are saying... You haven't listened to the podcast either, have you? Yeah. <laughs> a few people have said that, um, why do we keep getting Everton players in these roles? Why shouldn't we go out and get the best? I think by the fact that Alan Irvine's got a job, Davey Weir went and got a job you know, elsewhere in higher roles, uh, Stubbs has went and got a higher position in a managerial role. These are the best people for the job. You know these these are players who are highly uh, former players, sorry, who are highly rated coaching, um, as coaching staff high enough to be awarded roles in managerial positions. So these are the best people for the job, and they're ex Everton players. So there I, you go. I don't know what it is, you know, but I'm pretty certain. You know, if you looked at the stats of the team, it would produce the most ex players who go on to be managers. I'm pretty certain Everton are probably the highest because I remember a few years ago in the Premier League there was like loads of ex Everton players knocking about managing clubs. Yeah, even like around the, the you know the Championship, Division One, Division Two, um, there's loads of them. They're all about yeah. It'd be interesting to see that stacks and say we've always just had a, what seems to be a good tradition of, of producing managers, uh, and possibly you know the next one down the line could be. Leon Osman, who we've already spoke about on this uh, this podcast, uh, and his testimonials been announced. Yeah, so nice little link there again. You've been reading my uh, my book of segues, yeah. I wrote that book, lad. <laughs> so uh, Everton versus Porto, the third of August. Yeah, Jinx. Um, so that's the biggest name that we've. Um, We've been announced to face so far, and the only home fixture so far is, I believe, is the Tranmere game. It takes the Tranmere games away. Tranmere Rovers is definitely a bigger name than Porto. <laughs> yeah, it's got more letters, you mean. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Tranmere game is away. Tranmere game is the 22nd of July at Prenton Park. Um, going back a few years, you'll probably remember, because I think you went to a few of the games with me. This, we used to do this every single season. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know whether it was because Tramir were a bit higher up the divisions or whatever it stopped, um, and now they probably need a few quid. 
now they're in League Two and they're skint again. Um, and, and obviously the friendly firm put back on. Yeah. Uh, and another one is I think I, again I, I mentioned this last week Leicester City and then the fixtures uh, came out and who would we be facing first game of the season Leicester City so uh, in uh, Bangkok is it Bangkok that's in Thailand is that where we're playing I know it's in Thailand I'm not sure if it's Bangkok I'd imagine it would be probably for you know that's where probably the big stadium is it'd be a good one to go to that wouldn't it uh, could get messy we could mess. We could get Messi. Well, well, we talk about that transfers in a bit. I don't think uh, Messi will be there. The Porto game, no, that, that's it should be a good game. That, you know, a, a lot of people seem to be disappointed. I hear people saying, you know, things like, "Oh, I thought we were playing Celtic and we're gutted." But you know, Porto were a massive club, aren't they? You know, there's not many teams around Europe with a better history and you know a better recent history even than Porto. So it should be a good game. That. And they playing green and white as well. I don't think they're playing blue and white. Oh, did he? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of Lisbon. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah. Football podcast and you just make yourself look silly on a weekly basis <laughs> or anything like that. It's the, it's the drugs, it's the medication. Uh, so you've written, uh, Skulls says Ross Barkley is positive. <laughs> <laughs> not HIV. No, I hope not. Uh, yeah, basically, you know, there's been very little praise for England, hasn't there, since they're abysmal showing at the World Cup. But uh, Paul Scholes came out the other day and said, you know, one of the only positives he can take is, is, is Ross Barkley basically going forward. And, you know, how much of a shining light he was during the World Cup, showing a, showing a bit of attack and flair when he come on and showing that he can do something a bit different to anyone else in the squad. I hope that's not him just buttering them up for the Man United move. Well, it possibly could be, but I mean, you know, if anyone really is qualified to talk about this, uh, I would say Paul Scholes is probably the best English midfielder of my lifetime that I've seen, so uh, he's got a good... Uh... Yeah? Hello? Yeah? Sorry, I thought the screen had froze then, but I realised you just fell asleep. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, now, what I was saying now is that the Paul Scholes obviously, you know, how much quality he had in himself, he's, he's bound to be a good judge of character, isn't he? And if, if Barkley can go on and do what Paul Scholes done in the game, then we've got a player. Well, hold on, what what about Robert Lee? Robert Lee? Yeah. Newcastle's Robert Lee? Yeah, isn't he the best midfielder you've seen in his lifetime? <laughs> No, he's oh, not even the best midfielder called Robert Lee, I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, last bit of news news before we go on. And all, all, Why did you pick Robert Lee of all people? I thought he was the most random. Right, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, last bit of news that you've got down here is more talk about the kit launch. Yeah, I mean, again, how much did you cover last week? Quite a bit, I just said how sleek it looked. And uh, I was met with almost universal approval again, apart from the socks. Nobody likes it, the black socks. I like the socks, and I like the kit. I think it, you know, I, I'm into buying footy kits, as we've already mentioned on the podcast. And, you know, I always buy the Everton tops. Uh, and, you know, I got the yellow away shirt last year. Uh, I got oaked away kits the, the, the time before, but... 
since Mike took over, I've never bought a home top because I just didn't like them. I didn't like the white bands on the arms. Uh, you know, I was one of these people who were made up when we got Nike because I always have seen Nike as the premier brand around the world, etc. Um, Umbro come back, put out the first kit, and for me, they absolutely nail it. And I'll, I'll be there buying it on the first day it comes out because I think it looks boss. Well, just before we, uh, just on that note, sorry. Uh, somebody has posted in one of the Everton groups that it's actually available uh, in the US already to mail order uh, via kit bag. Or... That'll, be, that'll be pre-ordered out. Well, I'm not sure because I haven't looked in. I haven't really had time to look into it. But you know, as for a pre-order, I mean that's not really big post-worthy news, is it? So it's something I am going to look into. So have a look, Blues. The thing is, though, what they might be saying is, you know. With the the amount of time it would take to, for shipping to America or whatever, if you pre-order now, you're probably going to get it on the date of launch type yeah, thing. Possibly, yeah, because it's only, you know, it's it's the 17th of June, isn't it? So that's, what, two, two, weeks. two weeks today? Two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I like the, you know, somebody mentioned last week and saying the darker blue plus the black socks, it does give us a little bit more of a sinister look. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I think... Did you see somebody posted on Facebook? Um, there's been a lot of talk about what the you know the way the away kits are going to be based on an old away kit. Yeah, no. Because you know, this whole fabric of since whenever type catch line to do it. Yeah. And it, there was a lot of like pink, mad pink ones going about saying that we played in pink back in 1910 or something. Somebody posted a kit, and it was based on Everton's away kit. Going back when Everton were known as the Black Watch. Now that is a cool name. That is a cool nickname. That's like Game of Thrones kind of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be cool. Completely black with a, a diagonal stripe from across it, which is always a big favourite of mine. But the stripe was red. Well, they could have done it like maybe they could do it like a salmon pink kind of thing, like they've done now, before. This was red, and we played in this before. Uh, and you know I've always thought about you know not having read on the kit but it did look really good the kit like yeah no ne- never gonna happen now no don't think that's gonna happen oh, well. um, I, I had somebody put that they, they think the third kit's gonna be orange this year and in the words of Graham Taylor do I not like orange yeah, I don't mind. I've just bought a Tangerine Sport and Lisbon top. And I've also got a, a Holland away because when I play footy, if you wear an orange top, it means you don't have to wear an orange bib if you're on the bibs. Yeah, oh, nice one. <laughs> always thinking, see. What if you're not? You have to go skins if you're not on the orange team. No, I always take a white top with me, so I'm not white bibs. Ah, fair enough. Good. Don't want to see you playing skins, lad. <laughs> <laughs> After a minute, it's not skins, it's flab. <laughs> I a bit of holiday ways and that. Yeah, uh, I was going to say something else about the kit, but I can't. Oh yeah, it's some, something that I, I did kind of, I, I tried to uh, reason with those people who were outraged at you saying about 50 quid, if you don't like it, don't buy it, fair enough. And I, I don't think you were saying like, if you're too poor to get it, don't get it. I think you were trying to say kind of get off Everton's back, it's not their kind of fault, it's just to go and rate for shirts. Am I right? It is, and while, while people... You know, while people will pay £50 for a shirt, that's, they're going to charge it, aren't they? I mean, let's face it, 
will Everton still sell, I don't know, 50,000 shirts at 50 quid? Yeah. So where's the incentive for them to drop the price? There, there isn't one. You know, and I, I do, I understand, you know, there's a lot of families out there that might be single parents whose kids pester them for the shirts and, you know, you, you, the last thing you'd ever want is, is to not give your kids what they want. And I, I understand that and I feel sorry for these people because, you know, they do get charged an arm and the like, but I, I suppose the club does things for them with the, the cheap season tickets and everything else and, and the pricing of the shirts is out of the club's hand. It's not Everton's fault. That, it's not just Everton who charge 50 quid for the shirts. It's, it's, it's every club. Well, even Man United apparently charge 75 there you go. I need the last club who need to make extra money off shirts, aren't they? Yeah, so, yeah, so, I, I you know, I, I knew that's what, you, what what you were trying to say, but, you know, obviously you weren't here to, you know, I don't know whether those listeners who were kind of outraged by what you said on Facebook, whether they even listened to the podcast, but, you know, it's not having a go at people who can't afford it, it's just, that's just the way it is in football, it's like, if you, if you, you can't afford to pay 80p for a Snickers anymore, then, you just can't buy it, but it's not, you know, it's not the shop. It's not the shop there. It's the keeper's fault, is it? He can't suddenly just say, "Well, I'm only going to sell Snickers for forty p now," because you know his markup's probably going to be. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just you're just amusing me with this random mumblings about Snickers. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, what I will say though is something Everton can do something about is. Like four pound fifty for a Twix and a and a bloody hot chocolate. You can sort that out straight away. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, right, while we're on prices, this is a tenuous link. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll go on to our transfer talks. Not a good well, one. Be, you could have just said probably the only things we'll sign in the transfer window are a hot chocolate and a Twix and that would have been a better link yeah possibly yeah uh, so first one first one you've got down here is uh, something that's been something we talked about throughout the season it's been in the pipeline hasn't it which we hope we, we, we hope that we can get done is uh, Andrew Robertson from Dundee yeah we've had this Dundee United uh, link for a long time we've mentioned it many a time on the podcast Um We've missed out on one of the players anyway, so we start there, Ryan Gold, who we've been linked with for a while, the, the Scottish Messi, um, even though I always thought that was Stephen A. Smith, go figure. Um, no, Messi's, uh, Messi's the Argentinian, Stephen A. Smith. It's true, yeah. Uh, he's signed a three-year deal with Sport and Lisbon, of all people. That's a random one, isn't it? I think Sport and Lisbon have had a little bit of a history looking towards young British players. They signed that Eric Dier, didn't he, the centre-back, who we had on loan for a while. He went through their academy as a kid and stuff. So uh, they've spent £3 million on him. Um, and they obviously have got high hopes for him yeah. because they've installed a, a buyout clause of £60 million. Oh, was it? I thought it was 48 but still, it's a high one. €60 million, Euro, which is about £48 million. Quid. Yeah, it's a high one, <laughs> Um, this Andrew Robertson is he um, is he a right back or a left back he, well he's a centre back oh, is he? Right, I think he can play at right back as well uh, I think he's a bit of a John Stones type player I, I, I saw something today in one of the papers it might have even been the Echo that he's the new Leighton Baines so I mean you know I'm, I, I can't hold my hand up and say my knowledge of Scottish football is is up there with you know the best of them 
Um, so maybe you can play right across the back three. I keep meaning to get my mate on, don't I? The Dundee United. Oh, yeah. Give us a, a rundown of some of these players. We'll have to get them on, won't we? Just before we move on to our next transfer link, just the name I mentioned there, Leighton Baines. Uh, another question that I put out on the podcast last week, and I want your thoughts on it. Uh, now we've seen Philip Lahm in the uh, in, in the Germany team performing so well, moving from fullback into that uh, you know central defensive midfield role. Do you think this season will be the season that Baines plays there a few times at least? I mean, when you know Oviedo will be fit, we'll have Garbutt coming through, so we will have cover at left back. Do you think we'll see him in that position at all this season coming up? Not if we sign Gareth Barry. Well, Gareth Barry might not be fit for the whole season. And he might not be played in European games. don't think Leighton Baines will just fill in there every now and then. Because obviously Gibbo potentially is going to be fit. I don't think that's the idea. I think if they're going to convert him, it's going to be on a permanent basis. Because they've got to try him at some point. They can't just say, well, you're playing there now. They've got to try him at some point, haven't they? Well, yeah. I, I mean, he might... You know, move across there if needs be for the tactical change or whatever. But I, I, I wouldn't like to start seeing him become like a bit of a jack of all trades. You know, where he just plays anywhere. The, the, the problem is, obviously, you mentioned Philip Lahm there. Now Philip Lahm's playing for Germany and he's playing really well in central midfield. However, they've no longer got him at left back, marauding up and down that left hand side, have they? So you've got to remember, it wasn't like he was a crap left back. And he's now become a decent holding midfielder. He was a great left back as well. So, all right, you might gain in one position, but you're going to lose in another. But can Oviedo come in and fill that? Well, we know he can because we've seen him do it. But is he the same quality as Leighton Baines? Don't know. Was Leighton Baines the same quality as Leighton Baines when he was 22? Or whatever age Oviedo is? It's. It's, it's got to be tried, but I think, you know... If we sign Gareth Barry, then things will stay there. Fair enough. I think it'd be we we might see him uh, a couple of times in that role this season. I, uh, I don't think you're going to sign Gareth Barry on the wages that are being talked about on a two or three year deal that's being talked about. I'm not playing. Play Leighton Baines there instead of him. Pointless. Uh, we'll come back to Barry in a sec, but you've put uh, Brendan Galloway, defence MK Dons. We've been linked with. Player. I know absolutely nothing about him. Uh, I just seen us linked with the story the other day. I can tell you exactly what you just told us. He's a centre half. He plays with the MK Dons. He's highly rated, and he sounds Irish from his name. That's it. Oh, Galloway. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but okay, we can't really say much about that. But if we're being linked with highly rated young uh, young players, then fair enough. It's always good. Also been linked, obviously, with every single player that's ever played with us before. By the looks of this week's news, um, mainly those who haven't done too well at the, uh, the the clubs at the moment. Yeah, we've already covered Barry, as we said there. Um, it looks like the deal's back on. It was supposed to be announced by today or yesterday, um, but we've still not heard anything. So, again, that still lingers on as it has done for months and months and months. Um, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter today. Uh, I don't know where exactly where this came from, but everybody on Twitter and Facebook was saying Rodwell was having a medical today or yesterday. Yeah, where's this? I mean, these things just come out of 
it can't be out of thin air, but then it could it could just be somebody who's just said it, couldn't it? You know, it could be one person who's just said. So it, you know, it spreads like wildfire, doesn't it? Yeah, I think obviously you know now City have confirmed that they've signed Fernando uh, from Porto. Uh, you know, again another player who plays in Rodwell's position. You you would suggest that Rodwell is now surplus to requirements. So. Um, that's probably where it's come from, but whoever decided he was having a medical appears to be to be wrong. So again, we wait to see on that. Uh, on that note, though, you know it is Jack Rodwell, so it could be a long medical. It's not not one of those Howard Kendall ones. Jump up on the bed. It's a, uh, you know, it's Rodwell. It could take a good few days. I'd be putting him under anaesthetic and opening him up and actually like doing a full, <laughs> yeah. you know, taking his kidney out and having a little look at it and putting it back in. Yeah. Uh, another pl- go on. Another Manchester play- uh, player, base player, that we're linked with, who we used to have, inevitably. Well, talk about Marouane Fellaini again. Obviously, he made no impact at Man United last season. Uh, he's doing all right in the World Cup, isn't he? he? Looks back to the sort of his. Well, he didn't do all right in the in the that Belgium USA game. He didn't do anything, did he? No, well, you know, he was winning headers. He was making a. He was he's six foot four. He's six foot four. He'd have to work harder to not win headers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought, I thought he, he looked all right to be honest. And, and you know, uh, you have to talk about a cup price deal coming back. Well, you know, I don't see. I don't think it'd be too cup price. I think you'd still be looking to pay him at least twelve to fifteen million for him because they couldn't. They just couldn't sell him for cheaper than that. Could they? Without looking absolutely ridiculous, like so. Um, I can't see it happening. So I I don't understand the situation at the moment. As Van Gaal told Man United, they've got to sell him before he comes back, or as the chairman told Van Gaal that they'd like to sell him. Is that this the news that's come out? Well, I think it's all rumours, but I think Van Gaal has said he, he doesn't fancy him. He doesn't want him. Yeah, I you know he did he he played really well well for Everton in a new system. You know, I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit more in our social media section, which will be a short one this week. But he's a good player, and he doesn't—he doesn't automatically turn bad because he's gone to Man U. So, yeah. I've said it before: if the price was right, I'd take him back. But I don't think the price will be right, so I can't see it happening. Um, the final ex-player to have been linked to us, obviously, is is again. One that's just lingering on, and we talk about it week in, week out, and it's getting boring now. Um, so, just very quickly touch on it, and that's Romelu Lukaku. Um, a lot of talk today that a loan has, has been agreed next season with, with Atletico now. Obviously, Diego Costa's transfer has now been confirmed with Chelsea, so it would make some sort of sense that, you know, part of that deal might be Lukaku going the other way to fill the gap there. So Just a bit again, of a sweetener. A sweetener. A sweetener from Chelsea to Atletico saying, you know, you set, you sold as your star forward, then you can lend our one. So Yeah, there's been no confirmation, but one of the big Spanish papers today, one of their footballing papers, you know, normally had the finger on the pulse, La Marca, uh, they've said that the, a, a season-long loan deal has been agreed. So uh, I would suggest at the moment it looks like Atletico are back to being favourites. We've been linked, uh, well, sorry, Spurs have been linked with a move or inquiry for John Stones, which uh, we can just rubbish straight away, can't we? Because Stones is going nowhere. Uh, another uh, player that this link seems to be persistent, 
Uh, Tom Cleverley, another Man U player, obviously. Uh, whether he'll fit in with Van Gaal next season. Is the scope there for us? Is it just rumour? Or can you see can you see him moving to us? We talked about him before, anyway. Can you see him? I can certainly see there being interest because, you know, Martinez had them before at Wigan and got a lot of success out of him. You know, had him playing probably the best he's played in his career. The same with Victor Moses. You know, Victor Moses' name's been bandied about and there's a lot of people, these so-called, you know, Everton supporters, the, the dismissive ones who just straight away say, no, we don't want them, but... You look at Cleverly and you look at Victor Moses and, and Martinez got the best out of them at Wigan so uh, and turned you know turned Moses into a a sixteen million pound Chelsea player or whatever he went for and turned Cleverly into a starter at Man United so you know I, I think he could get both of them playing for Everton so you know I think there probably is some truth to it but again it has to be the right price. Okay, do you want to just? Uh whiz through the, the last of these I can't, I can't make out your writing too well so you whiz through the last of them and I'll give my initial thoughts on yeah just a little recap from around Europe really um, one of the first players we've been linked with is a, is a, a winger a midfielder uh, he's from Bosnia and Herzegovina and it's Mohamed Besic uh, he's 21 years old he currently plays for Vedem Varos and he's uh, going to cost around about £2 million don't know anything about him I don't know anything about him either, I must admit. Um, two million now, might be worth a punt, he's only 21. Yeah, could you know, be. Probably going to keep his value. Coming, know, possibly. Coming from that area, he could be the new Billy. Yeah, he could, uh, if he's the new Billy, I'm right behind that, let's pay four million for <laughs> well, him. He's, he's cack and he hides uh, behind other players. I do, know, I do know a little bit more about Georgie Samaras. Plays up front for Celtic. Um, I once stood behind him in the queue in Selfridges in the Trafford Centre uh, and he was a right tramp so just on the fact that he's got bad dress sense and terrible clobber I don't want him well I said uh, I'm not sure it was last week or the week before Neil Lennon didn't have a nice word to say about him and he's managed him for the last few years so he's hardly made a good impression on somebody who's managed him so I think has Neil Lennon got a nice word to say about anybody? probably not no Probably Mrs. Lennon, yeah. Um, looking at him and his bloody ginger hair, he probably bats his hair as well. <laughs> that's quite that's quite judgmental. Huh? Sorry, to, <laughs> just going to make an apology to uh, any of our ginger listeners there. Sorry. Stop beating your wife up, gingers. <laughs> You're all angry. Uh, Nabil Bamoni. Who's he? Sorry, just before we move on, Sam and Ash, he's never impressed me. Didn't impress me at City. Anyone can score up in Scotland. Doesn't impress me up there. Certainly doesn't impress me when I've seen him play for Greece. Don't want him. He's like Berbatov, except not good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And got crap hair and crap dressing. Yeah. So, this Nabil Bamoni anyway. Any good? I think it's Nabil Bahui. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh, he played at AIK in Sweden. Uh, he's a winger again. He's 23. Uh, and he's got one cap for Sweden. I don't know how much they want for him. Uh, but apparently Sunderland and West Ham are interested in him as well. All the big boys then? All the big clubs. I think it's one of them where, you know, a bit like Jack Colbeck and, and a few others, we get linked with him um, just to try and get the shit teams like West Ham or Sunderland to pay a bit more money for him. Okay, final one. Uh, Stefan Divrij. 
Stefan De Vries. Now this is an interesting one because I actually really rate De Vries. Uh, Feyenoord centre half. He's at the World Cup at the minute. Obviously playing in this this you know Dutch defence that you looked at at the start of the World Cup and thought they're dodgy then, but have actually played well. He's know, no Heitinger though. Let's face it. What? He's no Heitinger. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Martin's indie uh, and the likes. Um, De Vries is actually the player who you know. Martinez has really been looking at and it was the reason why Martinez got his badges taken off him for uh, the World Cup because he passed them on to one of the scouts to go and look at the Holland training uh, and he wasn't supposed to do that and they were, that, they were non-transferable so uh, that's why he got his Martin orders from his World Cup badges uh, but yeah, 22 uh, looks a good player you know, again I think his price will have gone up quite a bit during this World Cup. So again, it's probably you know dependent on the price. And you know, going forward, could the Vries and John Stones be the future of Everton's defence? Possible. Yeah, definitely possibility. Unless unless Duffy pulls his finger out or gets an opportunity, we never know. Um, just to finish off for this week, uh, we've got a not a social media section as such with a lot of your feedback, but. Just a little discussion, really, about uh, a question I put out today, which we've kind of already talked about a little bit. But if we had, you know, this amount of money, twenty-five million or whatever, would you prefer us to sign Lukaku and then get a couple of freebies and a couple of loans, or would you like us to sign, for example, Fellaini, and then get another couple of players for a few million each? And then get a couple of freebies and a couple of loans. What would your preference be? I'm at, yeah, yeah. I'm, at, I'm asking you that. I, I put it out there on Facebook today, and it was nearly uh, the second part of this discussion. I'll go into it in a minute, but it was nearly like 100%. Quite a few comments on this. Um, nearly 100% Lukaku, and it, even people said it was a ridiculous question. What's your thoughts? Well, my answer's the same. I'd take Lukaku. Uh, I'd hope that that would include Barry, uh, you know, a couple of million or whatever. I'm sure we could swing that from somewhere on top of the, the money for Lukaku. Uh, and then, you know, see what Robbie can do with the, you know, the tight, the freeze and, and a couple of loan players. You know, possibly this Christian Tello lad from Barcelona on the loan. Um, you know, and take it from there. That, that would be my choice. Okay. Um, apparently, just going back to that, that Tello loan, that, apparently that one's dead in the water now, but we, we are now being linked with Adriano instead. So, yeah. uh, Well, I read a story just before that we're, we're still favourites to get Tello, and it's, it's, it's even money at the minute. Yeah, you never know. Um, it's the second part of this discussion. Uh, people have suddenly gone on to be proper Fellaini haters. Uh, why? <laughs> You know, we we got a good, a really good deal for him. He went to what was he, what he thought was a, you know, a bigger club, you know, a championship winning club at that time. Where did he, where did he like stab Everton in the back? Why did people hate him and not rate him? I don't know. I, I really don't know. You know, as you say there, if he'd gone to Real Madrid or Barcelona, nobody would give him any flack really because it's you know. You're expected to go to these clubs, and we we've got to face it that Man United is a club of the same stature as them. He's not a boy or Devertonian. It's not like, for instance, 
Adam Lallana signing for Liverpool, even though Adam Lallana's not played for Everton, he supported Everton as a kid. To me, that that's weirder than somebody who grew up in Belgium, uh, you know, going to United or whatever. Where possibly it's one of them, isn't it? I don't really see why he's getting any flack. It was a great deal for the club. We got a ridiculous transfer fee for him. Um, he's never said anything bad about Everton, as far as I know. So. I don't see what the problem is. As I said before, when we've talked about it, would I take him back? Yes, but only at the price he's worth, which is probably no more than 10, 10 million. Yeah. Okay, I just, uh, we've had a lot of negativity about it, you know, saying it's a ridiculous question. And I didn't, it wasn't necessarily for just Fellaini in that role. It was if we sign a player, you know, Lukaku for that much, and then basically that's our transfer budget. We talked about this a few times. Um, if, but if we get another player, maybe who isn't a striker for fifteen million, but is like a good star name uh, for fifteen million, and then have a few million left to you know maybe get someone for eight million or seven million, and get another one for you know for three million or whatever whatever's left, then you know that's a, you know a good you know a good few million spent on ins, and then get the freebies on top. It's just an option, just that a. Uh, yeah, thought it sparked a bit of discussion, but it was no. It was a, mainly Lukaku, stupid question. So, anyway, that's the last last little bit I wanted to talk about. Do you want to add anything for this week's uh, podcast? No, obviously, again, a little bit of a shorter podcast this week. A um, bit of a technical glitch with our jingles and stuff. Some idiot left them behind and then my club. Yeah, um, unfortunately. So, hopefully, get that sorted for next week. Um, we should be back up and running on full strength next week. Yeah, well, now it's, it's the start of pre- it's pre-season. It's officially 2014-15, isn't it? So we're going to start looking forward to the new season, I'd imagine. Uh, everything's going to pick up. We're going to cover the... as, as We're coming to the climax of the World Cup. Uh, and then it'll be real focus for the coming season. And we'll still have some... We've still got some big news in the pipeline. So uh, look forward to hearing that. And, um, I put my neck on the line here and say on next week's podcast we will be talking about at least one confirmed sign of Levin. Okay, hope so. Uh, okay, so leave it there for the for the week. We'll do our usual wind down. Say thank you for everyone for listening. Keep sharing the podcast. Tell your mates about it if they're not uh, on Facebook or whatever. Just give them the SoundCloud link or just give them your phone to listen to. If you listen on SoundCloud and have an Apple device. Go and subscribe on iTunes. Just say it's not bitter, just better. If you're not familiar with that, uh, iTunes or Apple or whatever and you have an Android phone and prefer to use Stitcher, which is a radio app for Android and iPhone, go and find us on there. Or you can just follow us on SoundCloud, as I said. Uh, I'll try and put some up on YouTube. Get us on Instagram. No social media links this week as well because I haven't got that jingle. So find us on Facebook, Everton FC. Not Bitter Just Better or slash EFC Not Bitter Just Better on Twitter finally is at Just Better EFC so yeah that's 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 all our pitch done I don't know I'll remember all that in one go just just a very slight quick piece of breaking news it's not ever related BBC Sport are just saying at this very moment of time that QPR have signed Rio Ferdinand and Stephen Corker I heard about the Ferdinand one a while ago but Stephen Corker that would be a bit of shock for Blues because a lot of them, he's, he's the first name on a lot of Blues transfer lists, isn't he? Yeah, 
the decent sense of that partnership for them that as well, isn't it? Really, when it's you think about it, you're a bit youth anic and and a bit of experience there I, as well. I'm sure Harry can get the best out of Rio as well. So good. Um, yeah. So breaking news. Uh, and we'll leave it there for this week. And we, sh- as Mark said, we shall be back up and running with loads of Everton news next week. Catch you next week, please. See you later.